This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That First question I've got for you, Franz, you're working with the Dutch national team for a third spell. Um, how has this spell compared with the first two spells and how much are you and Louis looking forward to the World Cup in, in Qatar? Um, yeah, you know, when you are like a little child, then what makes normally the biggest impressing impression on you is the World Cup. Because it seems like everybody is watching that, everybody is looking that and looking at it, you know, because that is where you could see the best players of the world, the best countries of the world, and stuff like stuff, stuff like that. Um, so, going to a World Cup is always very special, whatever you look at it. Uh, on the other side, it depends with who you go to the World Cup and how big your chances are to make an impact. Um, and of course, I've been to the World Cup uh, in 2014 with the national team of Holland. Uh, basically, when we went, nobody expected anything. On the other side, it was in Brazil, basically uh, one of the uh, one of the countries where football is more than a religion. Um, it was an incredible uh, experience because you really did it in that uh, great football country. Uh, in the end, we finished third, and till the day, till today, we could have reached the final. We were so close, and even could have won it. So that has been an incredible experience, positive, but also on the other side, a little bit of disappointment. Eh? When we looked at the tournament, we really became better, better, stronger, stronger, and we really could have win it all in the end. So it's a little bit of mixed feeling. When you look at the result side, when you look at the experience side, it was fantastic. Second time, of course, I went in 2018 to Russia, which is also very special already um, uh, with uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, with that team, of course, the chance that you will reach close to the World Cup is, is, is small, is very small. So we had like three games and we were like, you know, with... The host country, Russia, who did actually very well during the World Cup, better than anyone expected. We were in one group also with Uruguay and Egypt. We hoped that we could go on in the next round in results. Unfortunately, we did win over Egypt. We lost, you know, very close to Uruguay, played a very good game, actually. But the first game, of course, was, was not a very successful game for us with the big defeat which was, to be honest, a little bit unexpected because we played not long before against Germany, the full Germany team. We had a small loss there. We played pretty good. So expectations were a little bit higher, especially in the group. Nevertheless, great experience again. Um, 
the whole atmosphere, the whole organization, everything which is happening there. So now, you know, we are in front of, let us say, Qatar, uh, which is not known as a real big football country. Um, it's, it's strange because it's November, December, and it always should be like in, in, in the summer break, in the summertime. So um, it's different than when you go to Brazil. On the other side, it is a World Cup. Preparation is a little bit different there because you still have players that are changing from clubs. You have to wait till uh, how everybody is, let's say, one week before the World Cup starts because they play still competition on uh, the Sunday before we leave. So it's, it's different. It's, um, we have to wait a lot more till we can come to our you know, final group of players. But of course, looking very much forward to, to do it because I know how it normally works in, uh, in these kinds of situations. The moment that you are in that bubble, the moment you go in, you don't even know where you are. You don't know what month it is. You focus very much on the coming opponent. Uh, you look forward to the other opponents. The preparation is very intense, of course. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And um, I'm looking forward how our country will do in, you know, in that beautiful tournament, actually. I have to ask you about your playing career with Volendam. You were there for a decade and a half. How do you reflect on your playing career and how happy are you to see them back in the Eredivisie this season? Yeah, you know, the, the, the professional side from, from football for me started when I was 15 and I went to Volendam from a very small amateur club, always forward, you know, to Volendam, which at that moment, of course, was a pro team. Um, well, 12 years, mainly players out of Volendam, which is unique. Uh, at that time, I was one of the few that came outside of Volendam. So it's like, it was like Bilbao eh? now in that time. Um, it always has been up and down to the first division, Eredivisie and back again. So I think it's, it's very important for the club that now they can show what they can in the Eredivisie. So uh, I'm going to the game, the first game at home tomorrow. I'm curious how they look like, but I'm also going to watch, of course, Silesen and scouting for the national team. So um, very excited for it. Very good for the Volendam football community. And uh, let's hope that they, uh, they can have a, a great season, survive and stay in the Eredivisie for many years, which is not impossible, of course. That's all possible. So I'm looking forward to it. In terms of Dutch football, obviously, um, Johan Cruyff, Rinus Michels, Louis van Gaal, many more massive names have influenced the world of football from from the Netherlands. You worked with Johan Cruyff at Ajax. Just what was that experience like and what was he like as a man? Because he is one of the biggest icons in the history of the game. Yeah, yeah well, I was very lucky. I did work together also with Michels, not at a club level but I worked together with him at UEFA level. So um, when Holland started to make an impact on the world, which was from 69 up, uh, I, was, I was, of course, still very young. 
uh, I was still playing in the in in the under ten, under eleven, under twelve. But of course, I did get that impact with me, uh, and especially you know the highlight was the seventy four World Cup. At that time, I was studying. I was studying at the Sears, which was a sports education. So, and from that moment on, you go and look differently at coaching. You go and look differently at training and stuff like that. So there was an immense uh, interest in what and how did they do it. Um, so I started actually to come as close as I could to learn more from how they did it. Michels Cruyff with that fantastic 74 team. And before that, of course, the great Ajax team who did win so many European championships, but also Feyenoord, who was the first one to win, you know, the Champions League. And then it took like, you know, 75, 85, it took 10 years before I really came close because I played still at that time. Uh, 1985, I did get a serious injury, couldn't play anymore. And that was the time that Cruyff took his first coaching job at Ajax. Before that, I had played against him. In my studies, I made a thesis. The thesis became a book. So he came to me, you know, before a game and he said, wow, I, I read your book and I like it very much. Wow. That was, you know, because Johan was, of course, the big icon for everybody in Holland, also for me. Anyway, uh, the moment he took over Ajax, I had my injury. Uh, he called me, actually, which was, of course, un, un, uh, unthoughtful because Cruyff is never calling anybody, but he did. I first thought it was a joke, but it wasn't. And he invited me to come to Ajax to come and have a, have a talk. So you can imagine, in my mind, it was still the big Ajax. And it was still the incredibly big Johan Cruyff. And it was an honor to go there, to sit face to face and to talk to him. So we had a very good talk. Uh, he explained me, you know, what his organization was within the coaches part because he was one of the first who wanted to work with specialists. So he did have, you know, like a specialist for defense, midfield, for attack. So the assistants were a little bit different organized than what it was before. And for me, that was, of course, fantastic because I never actually coached. I did have my coach license. I did do many demonstrations, lectures and stuff like that. Then, of course, I, I coached, you know, some smaller uh, teams and youth teams. So for me, it became a big challenge. Um, it was incredible, you know, how we started to work together out of nothing. Uh, what I felt, of course, was it's, it's, it's a top professional. Uh, it was interesting for me because the things he said and the things I had been learning, you know, in the Coaches Federation was something completely different. It looked like the opposite. So for me, it was in the beginning a little bit, you know, confusing. But uh, very quickly, you know, I understood that the way how Johan did it, you could ask him all the questions and he could explain it. That was probably very unique, but also very successful. So I remember that uh, I was there for like three, four weeks and he said, well, you know, I think it's going well, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, well, you know, I don't think it goes that well. And he said, what do you mean? Because what I did was I was, of course, one of the first specialists working in that, that, that sense maybe in Europe, maybe in the world, but I took it, I took them apart. I took the goalkeepers apart. And I looked at the games and I felt that something was wrong. If you look at the game and you go work on the side, 
that's not how it should be. So I said to him, well, I think if I look at the games, I evaluate it, I see something else than what I practice. And if I want to improve that, I think we have to do it in a different way. And he said, well, how do you want to do it? Well, I said, I need players to like, to like show what we do in the game and, and what we can improve in practice. And because I said, you know, he makes decisions, he goes when he should stay, he stays when he should go and, and all that kind of stuff. And he said, very good idea. You have all the players on Thursday. Anyway, and that was the team, you know, with like Van Basten, Jan Van Basten, Rijkaard, Ronald Koeman, uh, Vanenburg, big names. I mean, I played against them a year before, but coaching them is something different. Anyway, I started that Thursday and I knew how to coach because I had my license and I was already teaching. So I made my first appearance there basically for, you know, a group for that level. And Johan liked it very much. And he said more or less, okay, you have them every Thursday. You can every Thursday take a part that you want to do. I'm fully behind it. So that was the start actually of, of, of my coaching career. And I also knew, of course, if I screw up with that practice, it's end of my coaching career <laughs> as well. But okay, I was not afraid of it. And, and I just did it because I was... I was convinced at that moment it was the best way of doing it. Anyway, so I had a great time because I worked with Johan for like two and a half years before he left to Barcelona. I had a great time in learning how does it go at the, at the absolute top level. It was a great time for me because I could implement and try out what I thought and hoped it would be, you know, a better way to make the goalkeepers better, but of course, to make the team better in relationship with each other. So what I can close with Johan is very open person. Um, not the way a lot of people saw him. He was always asking, what do you think? Why? How? Etc. Was interesting about my opinion, opinions of the other ones as well. Uh, was very helpful, was very, was very friendly. But of course, you all know you need to perform. If you don't perform, things change. So the experience, my first experience in being in professional football at that level has been an incredible positive one. Uh, on one side, I learned a lot from that absolute top level eh, and a top level player and coach as Johan was. And on the other side, I was also able to implement, you know, one of my thoughts and ideas step by step, which was fantastic. And in terms of the absolute top level of football, working with Johan and then with Louis van Gaal at Ajax, Barcelona, Bayern Munich and Manchester United, that's as high as you can possibly get. When you're working at the world's top clubs, how do you handle that as a coach? Because the pressure must be extreme with the newspapers constantly writing about you, the television cameras constantly following you and of course the fans themselves. Well, first of all, I think the most important part is always think in the game because when you go to all of these fantastic clubs uh, and great clubs eh, in the whole world then you come there to improve football to get the results and stuff like that so first of all you need to have all your attention for that we all know that around that there's a different world with different interests so if you talk about well pressure is always in your own head um, I learned very quickly also from Cruyff when I saw him before a game 
he was so relaxed. And you know that Johan was a smoker at that time. So he was smoking a cigarette. It was the calmness that I've never seen in my life when I played professional. So I asked him, how is it possible you are so calm? Are you not nervous and this? And he said, listen, number one, we did everything we could in the preparation. We prepared them. We practiced. We spoke to them. Game plan. Everything is clear. I cannot change anything now anymore. So the only thing it is, is I'm very curious how they will execute it in the game. And then in the game, I have to be sharp to see what happens. What can I do? What are my answers and stuff like that? And to be honest, that helped me a lot. Um, and I think he was completely right, but nobody ever had said it and nobody ever had showed that. The coaches I worked with were always pretty like, you know, nervous before the game started. So I thought that's part of life. And the other thing, which I also found out very quickly, if you did everything you can in your preparation, in analyzing the opponent, in everything like that, and you cannot do more than that, sit down and relax and just look at what happens. And we all know the reality in football is if you don't get the results, the pressure from the outside is always getting bigger because, you know, they write more negative. They write that they have to fire. They write this. They write that. Um, but you should never let you be influenced by that because they never have the right information. They never know exactly what's going on. They never know exactly why certain decisions had been made. And uh, so the value of that is that they try normally to disturb everything that you are working in. Nowadays, you have also all the groups, all the former players, everybody has their own opinion. But the thing is, they have their own reference. And that reference is completely different than what we have inside of a club. And, and let's be fair and honest, when you work at top level and you fail 10 games in a row, they have to try something else. There's no other way. Everybody will agree upon that, that, you know, that's, and maybe they give you four or five games more, but that's it. Anyway, um, working at that level is, is fantastic because that's where you want to work. You know, again, when you are a little child, when you are a little player, you look up to these big, big clubs and you wonder how it is. I was so lucky that I was inside of these clubs and, you know, I know, uh, more or less by experience, that how it goes. And finally, it all comes back to the game. How good can you influence players? How good can you influence the goalkeepers? And how uh, can you make them better within the whole team? And how can you make the team better in uh, performing? It's all about that. And wherever you are in the world, you can feel that players feel that. And uh, uh, they respect you and they 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 like it because it makes them better. So that's the experience that I always had till today, till the national team now. As long as you can have a contribution, as long as you can influence them, as long as you can make them together better, that's what they want and, and that's where they play for. Because the players have the same as what you have as a coach. You want to reach the highest level possible. You want to reach the best prices that you can get as possible. So. In the end, um, it, it's, it's a wonderful surrounding. And I was lucky that, you know, after Fall and Dump, which was not the world top level, but I have been working on, you know, top level, world-class level. And it only uh, 
brought me a lot of joy and it brought me a lot of um, good feelings. And, and even when you lose and the pressure is on because you want to win, not because of the outside world, but because you just want to win with the team yourself, you learn so much from that as a person, as a human being. So I can only say, hey, you're right, if I look at the names where I have been coaching and working, it's not realistic. Um, but on the other side, it went very quick. It went step by step. And I enjoyed every, every single second of it a lot. I have to ask you about you and Louis Van Gaal's spell at Manchester United. When you left Manchester United at the time, obviously Jose Mourinho came in, then Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, Ralph Ranić, and now, of course, Eric Ten Hag. How do you look back on that time with hindsight? And do you think you maybe should have been given that other season, which I think Louis himself obviously thought he would get? Yeah, well, you, you, we have seen eh, that uh, after Ferguson uh, stopped, you know, it was like uh, Moyes had, you know, his chance. Uh, they fired him. I cannot say anything if it's too late, too early, whatever it is. But I can say something, of course, of the time that we were there. Uh, what we really felt was there was there was like uh, li- really improvement. We all know and we see it now in reality how difficult it is uh, to coach at United uh, because of expectations are very high. It's probably one of the richest, maybe the richest club in the world. So they have the funds to do things. But now it's a matter of, okay, how do you get this all together and how can, can you bring it back to the times of Ferguson? That means, first of all, you need to give time. You need to find the right person who can do that. And we have seen that Louis have been su- succeeding in the whole world um, in, in, and in the top world of football when given time. Um, and, you know, the two years... Of course, the last season, it was for us unlucky that um, that we didn't reach the top four in the end. But the fact that Leicester, you know, won the championship was, of course, amazing and probably a one 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 time one in a lifetime thing. But I think we improved a lot. I think that we played better. We constructed step by step the team that we basically wanted to have, so we really could go again for you know, the top two, the top three, the top one. So what I feel till today, and when I see the follow-up of, you know, like Mourinho, fantastic coach. Uh, After Mourinho, you had Solskjaer, eh? Uh, which is a young, talented coach. Then you had Reknik who came in. Uh, Given Mourinho, it's a coach that had many fantastic results uh, at top level. Still, they separated. Uh, and I don't know why, how, whatever. I I do believe sincere that if Louis had been given a little bit more time, it would have been different than when we lived, left. So, of course, when you work at a club, um, you, you learn the club better, you know more about the structure, you know more about how the lines are. So I think it's a pity, uh, especially for United at that moment, but also for us, you know, that we not have been given some more time because I think more beautiful things could have been grown out of that. It's always an if because you never know. And I say it's a feeling, so it doesn't give a lot of um, uh, validity, but that was the feeling that I had. And, and of course, I follow it. I follow it on a daily basis and it hurts. 
when you see how it developed. And and every time, every game, I hope uh, they will be improving. They will show what they are capable of as as a team, as a club. Uh, and we see how it goes. So I really hope that Ten Hag can can do the same and and change it into something beautiful for that fantastic club. The last question I've got for you, Franz, you've worked with some incredible goalkeepers, Edwin van der Sar, Victor Valdez, David De Gea and, and many others. Given your experience in the game with the Hope Method and, and your career, what do you think a modern goalkeeper needs to succeed in the game now? Very good question. Uh, first of all, I need to tell you, uh, I will come with a book that I have been working on for like 10 years, together with scientific background. Um, not only a book, there will also be a website, and the website will be worldwide as well. Why? Because I started, as I told you, in 74, and basically there was no goalkeeper coaches, non-existing, no goalkeeper trainers. When we look now and we talk about 2022, the goalkeeper coach is integrated, it's accepted, it, it's a part of the staff in the whole world. Um, so that's not an issue anymore. That's step number one. But step number two, of course, is the function of the goalkeeper. And I changed the name goalkeeper into goal player. And I will explain why. Number one, we had a change of the rule in 92, which is 30 years ago. And that change was the pass back. And because of that rule change, the job and the task of the goalkeeper, the goal player, it changed from goalkeeper into goal player. Before, goalkeeper says, keep the ball out of the net, which is still the same. But then, when the goalkeeper had the ball, it was a long throw. Schmeigel was, of course, the best in that. It was a long kick. But, you know, he was not that much involved in really building up because he had the ball in his hands, could not be attacked and stuff like that. But on the moment that he couldn't keep that ball with the pass back in his hands, the game changed enormously. And at the moment that it changed, the goalkeepers from then, they were more surviving. Most of them were just happy if they could kick it away and it was gone because they were not used to build up. Now, 30 years further, we can see how important the role of the goal player became also in the building up. You see like City, for example, they work with a goal player that is possibly one of the most important players of the pitch because he really is uh, doing a fantastic job in that building up. Do you still hear me, Colin? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay, okay. So we saw an incredible development there from, to, uh, from 1992 till now. So I changed it to the goal player. Why? Goalkeeper is still in the past. The goal player now still needs to keep the ball out of the net, which is always the number one task. But the number two task, he becomes very important and sometimes extremely important depending on how the team plays. So because of that, the change. If you look at the goal player of today, the demands on what he has to do are very high. It's not only keeping the ball out of the net, it's also have a contribution in building up. You still have different types. It also is depending on the way of playing. If you look at, for example, Atletico de Madrid, if you look at Oblak, it's a goal player, but a lot is asked in defending the goal. They ask less in the building up. If you look at Neuer, if you look at Ter Stegen, if you look at uh, Edison, 
if you look at Allison, they not only have to keep the ball out of the net, there's also a lot expected in the build-up. So what you see in the goal player from now needs to be very all-round. If you need not all-round, you can only keep the ball out of the net. It's difficult. So they expect also something when the pass back is coming. So having said that, it means goal player is one of the 11 players. Now you have 11 players. And one of the 11 players is the goal player. Before 92, you had 10 players and one keeper. And that's a big change. So it's a big change based on the task of the goal player during the game in the club, in the way of playing. And I think it's very important to continue with that and be very up-to-date, everybody. So it's a, being up-to-date about what is the task about, but also being up-to-date about the methodology. So how can you improve the game of the goal player in all areas? Is that isolated or is that integrated or is that a mix or whatever it is? It also means that the goal player coaches needs to have different competences. They need to be able not only to work separately, but also to work into the team. And to be honest, we're doing a lot of work also with UEFA already the last, you know, 15, 20 years in trying to bring that to a higher level, also in official courses and official licenses. So big job, a lot still to do, but we are on the road and uh, hopefully it will be it will bring better goal players which means they will be better in the team and we can see more attractive games so we'll dive down to the ocean and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave and our shells will all be open they'll be filled with song they'll be filled with song we'll dive down to the ocean and we'll make our home in Shells will all be open. They'll be filled.